0: back of the nest review show sponsored by pitch sport available to download on the app store and google play pitch
2: hello and welcome to the back of the nest review show being done a little differently this week uh, there's no pre-prepared introduction there's no show plan uh not that we tend to read much of it anyway but there's been no real prep because This, of course, is a direct reaction to today's game, today at the time of recording and the time of broadcasting. Um, That is 1-1 against Brighton. And um, not so much the result, but really the the level of performance, the level of ambition. Uh, These are all the kind of things that people have been talking about. You know, how do we react to that? How do we feel about that? And most importantly... Uh, You know, Roy, our manager, is coming in for some quite sustained criticism uh, that probably goes even beyond what the likes of Patrick and I and Mike have (laughs) talked about in the past. It really feels like a potential turning point, which is odd because it wasn't a defeat. It was a point. It gives us seven points um, from our our first five games, which is uh, over the one point per game average that we have for... um, for for 2020 but hey you know that's i suppose you could argue that as an improvement if you're trying to trying to add balance but um you know we've got we've got we're ready we're here for you. we've got live comments coming in already uh for those of you watching uh and we'll be covering those as we go we've also had comments in obviously on twitter facebook uh, dms our private conversations all sorts of stuff where people are getting in touch and we'll be talking about all those comments as well but um Listen, where we usually start, guys, and we, we try and start with a potential bit of perspective, in the sense that let's think about where we were before kickoff. Obviously, it's a, uh, a massive game against Brighton, um, so the nerves are in there. You know, you two were, were obviously in the the watch along with me, and you knew how, should we say, ratty I was prior to that game. I get nervous, I get pent up, I get aggressive. All I want is for us to win, and arguably, I don't care how didn't quite pan out that way but Roy picked a team that probably the only issue I had well there were two issues I had as I explained on the watch long. one was the the level of defensiveness of the bench which you know now we know that IU had with uh, positive test for COVID-19 uh, we understand why he wasn't involved but still it looked like too defensive a bench if we needed to do something to change the game Uh, But obviously also uh, Ebereche Eze was dropped um, out of the side to accommodate Jeffrey Schlupp, which, you know, I was kind of 50-50 on. They're very different players. I like the pace that Schlupp has. I like the directness that he has. But, um, you know, I think we saw as the game went on the, you know, the player that stood out being Jarrah Iredewald was because he was patient and comfortable in possession. uh, And we probably would have valued someone like that in terms of Eze uh, being on the pitch. Roy, of course, had ample opportunity to put him on the pitch, but didn't. But let's start. I want to get your, your feelings, Patrick. You're the your first because you're top left on my screen as I look at it. Um, so, how were you feeling when you saw the lineup, first and foremost, before what unfolded? As I
3: said during the watch, long, I didn't have a particular problem with it, but I would have liked to have seen as a player. I mean, I'm a big fan. Um, I like players that can um, create, can hold on to the ball, can, can do things that are special. And that's as a. Um, like most don't a, I don't have a problem with Shlop. I like how he plays, but I feel as though he plays uh, for a couple of reasons. One, um, he's uh, one of Roy's favourites. Uh, two, he is very direct. Uh, and three, you know, he can carry the ball forward. But again, it, it, for me, I, I just rather, I'd rather Eze play because I want to see him get bedded in. I see how Roy is. Roy does not bet in players very quickly. I fear that Eze, as far as him ever getting any, you know, real time under Hodgson, so I would have liked to see him play. The other change I had no issue with, um, I'm a big Sacco fan, but he played terribly last match. So bring Cahill in, no problem. Um, you're not going to put PVA in for Mitchell, no problem with there. Uh, and you had to, to start Batch Hawaii with um, IU's COVID test. But again, the only issue I really had was with Eze. Because again, as you mentioned, uh, Gyro is a uh, you know calm on the board, and so is Eze. Um, and I felt like uh, Shlubb was really in there, um, really just to kind of protect Mitchell and as we saw during the match it didn't really help for the first 25 or so minutes because he he was trying to he was more centralized under I guess under Roy's plan but it would have been nice like I said to have SA start
2: yeah and we, we could stop in mean, at the time in the during the game we we're obviously speculating on what that plan might be and why people were doing what they were doing <laughs> right. some, some comments from Hodgson after the game that we'll come to that seem to indicate uh, perhaps we were giving a little too much credit there um <laughs> Just to, just before I ask Mike, his his views pre-game. Uh, just you know, plenty of comments coming in, some debate going on there as well. That's great. We'll pick and choose from that as we go. Uh, once we've sort of set the tone in this this opening this opening stage, so don't think we're ignoring anything that you're saying. We can read it all live. Try try and not be too mean um, in there as well. But Mike, just going back to you. Obviously, Patrick's given his views, um, and how did you feel going into that game once you saw that what Roy selected? Many people saying that. It looks like, on paper, it's a really positive team. It's an attacking team. They were looking at the balance of Zaha alongside Batshuai. Everyone was feeling quite, you know, positive at the time. But, you know, Palace, how are you feeling?
0: Well, I mean, it doesn't take us long to decide um, that certain things make the team better. And I think everyone decided, including myself, that Schluck being back in the side would be the difference between the first two games and the two games we lost. Uh, because of his pace. Um, and I think before the game, I was very happy with the setup. I really wanted Eze to be in there as well. But um, with the 4 4 2, it's kind of hard to see where he'd fit in unless somebody took a dip in form um, or we played him in the front two. Um, and that's why, you know, he justified his place in the end. I think he played really well. as um, a comment here from Dave Newman. I believe we missed IE today. Breaking up the play, his energy brings to the team. Well, I think that's why I did that as well. Um, uh, the thing I wanted to bring up was the bench. Really, F- first the fact that uh, Mitchell was playing over PBA, uh, whether that's because he's not quite fit, but I- I'm surprised at that. Um, it-, it was also good to see Klein in there. Um, I mean, it makes no difference. We could have had Ronaldo, Messi, and George Best back from the dead, and he still wouldn't have brought <laughs> on But um, <laughs> you know, it's not. It's nice to see Klein on the bench.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's nice to get um, at least uh, another look at him back at Palace. But look, I mean, the general feeling, pre the reason I, 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 you know, we went through that. The reason we're talking about it is because pre-game there was a degree of optimism, and you know, really to to take us into what we really want to talk about, you know, it's how quickly that can evaporate. You know, we 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 started the game, and the thing that you're really looking for. Could we, you, you mentioned it Mike that the two games the Southampton game probably less so because I really wasn't impressed with that if I'm being completely honest but definitely the, the, the Man United game where we came out of the traps firing you know we were so happy about it because after the game Wilf talked to Silla I said back yourselves be confident be brave and that's exactly what we were and we just we haven't been that way since and I, and I don't really know why um, but we can talk about you know who's actually ultimately responsible for that but you know, we, we we came out of the traps incredibly slowly, and within five minutes of us doing that watch along, guys. You know, you know what we felt like. We felt like we were watching. We knew what had happened. You know, and unfortunately, the comments post game have kind of just reinforced that message, where it just we looked like a team that have decided, okay, Brighton are going to keep the ball because they they're a possession based team, so we'll just enable that, and that's the way we have to play today because that's what they do. And there's no point did did they enter into anybody's mind. Well, hold on. If Why do they get to dictate that? Why do they get to be a possession-based team, come to Selhurst, dominate the ball? And the only reason that they get to do that is if you let them do that. Did they let us be a possession-based team when we had possession of the ball? Did they stop, watch us pass it around the back? No. They were on us every single second of every single part of that game. And the, the fact that – I mean, let's get straight into it. And I, I want reactions from this because – After the game, Roy Hodgson was asked about Brighton's performance, which was considerably better than ours. Um, And he was clearly irritated, but he doesn't know irritation when when we get to the second comment. He really doesn't. He says, I thought that they were good, but it's not my job to assess them. Kind of is your job, mate. Kind of (laughs) is your job to assess them both before and after the game to see what you could have done differently, maybe. But anyway, he said, I've got my idea what players on my team can do and set them up to play. I was satisfied with what they achieved.
1: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Away
2: days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18, plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. <sighs> He was satisfied with what with what the players achieved today. So we achieved one shot on goal
3: off of the penalty that Will scored. He has got to be joking, seriously. So now you're going to wind me up. See, the thing is. Watch along really helped me because watching with you guys, I really wasn't that bothered. Normally, when I watch a match by myself, I get really, really upset. I am on Twitter at the same time I'm tweeting. It's really bad. Today wasn't as bad because I was with you, and I like it. Kind of, but that comment really winds me up right now. (laughs) He has got to be joking. It is that was one of the worst performances I've seen at the Palace side in a very long time, and that's saying a lot. It really is because we just didn't we didn't put out our store to do anything but to defend at home against our biggest rival. It's like he doesn't even get the rivalry anymore. Like I had that problem uh, a few seasons ago. When we lost to them in the FA Cup that year, and we lost them in the league. And I was like, he doesn't get the rivalry. But now I'm saying to myself, what kind of comment is that to make? I mean, wh- there was a comment in the in, in the chat just now. Someone said our players are too good to play with these tactics. Players can be happy to play this way. Can't be happy. That's from Scott Buchanan. Twelve. He's right. Yeah. How could he be happy playing under this under this manager right now? It is so. Wolf. We all talk about how Wolf has this body language issue and he gets frustrated. How could he not be, lads, under this? How could he not be on the plane under Hudson? He's gone to the point where Batshuayi, when he came off, looked looked furious at coming off. You could tell in his body language. I always play with that look on his face. Ben Tech, you know, it's like, come on. He, he, he doesn't laugh at that comment. He really is.
2: How could you possibly... I mean, what it must be soul-destroying, right, to... To know that that's your game plan, to know that even before you set foot on the pitch, you're going to be feeding off of scraps the whole game and that you're not going to want to do anything different. That's the problem. That's the problem with all of this. Yeah, yeah, and lots of people called it that. And lots of neutrals today. It's not just... You know, as, as a lot of people have been accusing those people have been negative towards Roy. You know, oh, you, you know, you're you're loving one minute, you're hating the next. You know, you're not appreciating what he does. You've got neutral supporters today who've sat down and watched that game calling Palace anti-football. And they're they're right. They're absolutely right. And I've got to read this comment because not mainly because I just love the name. Big fat Peng Ting. Um, <laughs> there's, I, there's can't I can't believe people are content with this type of football we've got nowhere in 7 years and whilst i think i can't blame roy for anything in the years before him joining yeah, no, much I as i feel yeah. like it right now <laughs> um, you know i think we we're we we're we we're a bigger and better club than we were 7 years ago but the problem we've got is we've had a manager who's probably outstayed his welcome by two seasons minimum in terms of when he joined he was probably exactly what we needed for a, for a period of time but in order for us to progress and grow as a team, and for order for us to have a plan in place, it's just it's just not the guy, and we're finding that now. It's why we've got an aging squad. It's why we've got no seemingly alternative way of playing, and uh, it's driving me absolutely mad right now. And, and, and I'm not the only one. Uh, I mean, um,
0: the, the the problem is um, repeating this. I mean, he's not he's not going anywhere till the end of the season. We um, could say. Uh, in his after in his after game interview, um, he said, "You know, Brighton probably could say that they thought that you know that they deserved a point." Which is, if you get out the Hodgson to English dictionary translation, that's they <laughs> dicked all fucking over <laughs> us. Um, so, you know, I, I think he, I think even he knew today. Um, you know, uh, 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 the standard comment back. So we we usually do f- four word reviews on Twitter, and people just say what they think of the game in four words. Sai Pizzi, who is of this parish, uh, said, "Respect the point, lads, um, so we can discuss that." Aiden Smith oh. here. It, it was poor, no doubt about that. But what Roy will get us results with these tactics? Do we want us to be more attacking, like under Pardie, maybe get to a cup final and then relegated? I think. I think the point we need to discuss is the fact that um, at least we thought when we go one nil up, we can we can w- usually. I mean, there is. I think. DR pulled out the stats, we haven't lost a game in three years when we've gone ahead. It looked today like we would actually lost the ability to see out a game as well. And if that's the one thing we're good at, that I mean, that's really worrying. And somebody else a bit further up said, um, what did Brighton get out of tw- you know having 20 shots? Nothing. Well, it, we were very lucky that their finishing is poor, really poor, because any other side would, would have beaten us today. Fulham yeah. would have beaten us today.
2: Yeah, let's not forget, you know, Brighton have had a worse 2020 than we have. You know, for all the for all the supposed pretty football that they play, right? Yeah. And for all their, they're all over Twitter now saying what a rubbish team Palace are. Well, they're rubbish as well, right? Because they don't play effective football. But we had one shot against them. One shot and it was a penalty. And, and we are the only team in Premier League history to have ever ended a match with only one shot and it being a penalty. According and, and, it, and an,
0: X, an xg of 0.00 yeah, exactly. because of the fact it, it was a penalty that's the first time that has ever happened in premier league history since yeah. xg stats have started and that is ridiculous
2: and let's not forget the stat that popped up during the course of the game where we what were we worst in worst in possession worst in passes in the opponent's half was it we're well, oh, we're basically effectively we're attacking a, wise and, and work
0: for successive passing, which is that's the, right. Yeah. So so Reed-Aveld has come out. There's an interview on the, on the site that's come up quite soon before we went on here. So, um, and I'll, I'll I'll give you a quote. Um, so he said, um, sometimes we chose the long ball instead of keeping the ball on the ground and going for excellent pass. That's interesting English, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. With that style the pitch is going to be big opening up it was a battle i mean it, that is so obvious and that is not his fault <laughs> that is the manager's fault
2: but he's he, i mean we picked it out during the game didn't we the fact you could see that the game plan wasn't working from the minute what was it, it was probably about minute three or four patrick we were talking about it where you could see we'd already started whacking the ball into the channels in the hope that someone might chase onto it because whatever we would decided to do just wasn't panning out from from the third minute but we just didn't change it for the whole game uh, and then let's not even get i mean do we even get into the fact that when we did change it when changes finally did happen they were made seemingly to invite further pressure and we all, you all knew it was coming we were sitting there on the watch long looking you know saying to each other we're just we're going to concede here because we, we you know we took forward players off we we moved people about we we backed off and backed off and backed off. And at no stage did we try and do anything about it. And it just goes to show you the first instinct for Roy is, is defense. You know, we often talk about the idea that attack is quite a good form of defense. There's a saying about that somewhere, isn't right. there? Uh, but at the very least, I would say possession of the ball is quite a good form of defense. You know, that, that's quite an obvious thing. And yeah.
0: Keeping the ball. Just, but, uh, Can I just, you know, a few people have I've said this question. We had a goal disallowed. So that's two shots. no, well, it's, it, it isn't because the, oh, it was disallowed, so it wasn't a live play. So, it was, it was one shot.
2: Yeah, great. Right. So, I want to get into. Um, it's Alden Smith's uh, comment in just a moment because it's quite a well-structured question. But um, I do want to take another little walk down um, Roy Hodgson comment lane, which is uh, <laughs> well, not a lane that I particularly that's, enjoy.
0: That's going to be a little tiny village somewhere, isn't it? Like <laughs>
2: it's <next laughs> to up,
0: lane, quiet,
2: boring. <laughs> Absolutely right, lane. So just drink this in, everyone. So, um, so the the, the prefix to this, it's on the uh, team talk website. Is uh, it says, despite their lack of activity up front, Hodgson was pleased with how Palace defended, insisting their approach almost resulted in a win. The quality of the defensive performance and effort they put in uh, against a good team. Um, hang on, that doesn't even make sense, does it? Mm. Um, he uh, we defended our way almost to three to a, to a very good three points. This, let me just say that again. We defended our way to almost a three very good, very good three points. We defended our way to almost three very good points. You know
3: what? Yeah, because technically in football you can't defend your way to more than a single point because if you don't score a goal you can't get more than a point. That's the dumbest comment I've ever heard in my life. Seriously, he can't be serious with that comment. It's baffling.
2: But he says, um, he says it's something that can happen in the first or 95th minute. If the opponent have the ball around your area, it can fall kindly or get or get fortune with a deflection, which I'm sure they would say is fully deserved. I mean, let's you know, not talk. Should we talk about the chances that they missed? What about fortune? Yeah.
3: And you know what? Before we go ahead, I'm really glad this game ended up 1-1 and not 1-0 to us. Because if it was 1-0 to us, every comment he made would be justified today. Every single one. And people would say, oh, stop moaning about Hodgson. We won the match, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you right now, I am so glad in retrospect we, we got the draw or they got the draw because if we had won that game 1-0, even though I would love to beat beaten Bright 1-0, it would have papered over once again all the cracks that are going on that people do not want to see. And this 1-1 is showing people that this man has to go. He has to go. He's way behind the times. He, he has to go. And again, I want to go back. I actually know Aldous bit by the way. Very nice guy. All right, um, you know, lives in New York. We go to Full Factory when it was open to go. The thing about the whole Pardew comment, and I'm again, you know me, I'm not a Pardew fan. All right, he goes to the cup final. We did not get relegated then. We would have been probably. We weren't. But the difference is that at least with under Pardew, okay, and I hate to say this because I hate to defend him, <laughs> we actually played a football that got us to a cup final. Yeah, we lost it. We could have won it, but at least we got. Hodgson doesn't try to win any cup games. He basically wants to just keep us up. I am so. I'm sorry if I offend anybody. I'm sick of the of attitude of let's just stay up. We're we're little old crystal pads. Let's stay up. We have got to be past that. We are now. Is this an eighth eight season or seventh season in Premier League? We are an established team. Can we act like one? Can we act like one?
2: Well, you you not. you you've just basically answered the question that, that, that he's asked there in terms of well, what is it that we want? You right. know, I, I think, and I think as, as supporters, we're actually we're actually saying. Almost less than the board are, you know. Steve Parish has come out a few times and said yes, the aim is just... to is, is to develop the squad and, and push into top ten. Exactly. Okay? None of us are saying that, the, that our anger right now and our frustration is about not being top ten. Right. I mean, we are, aren't we? We are in top ten. <laughs> our frustration at the moment is, 12, is about how how badly the squad is being used and and how poor it is to watch. And the idea, you know, right now of of having to pay to watch palace oh, i mean that criminal. i mean well i do i pay to watch palace today through my subscriptions but you know what right. i mean it's it, it feels like a punishment it feels like i did something wrong at some point and and this is what i
0: have to well, we've, we've already paid for our season ticket <laughs> exactly
2: <laughs> come on um but but you know what what Roy is trying to say there, and this is my attempt at balance, right, what he's, what he's been trying to say in the stuff that I was reading out and what he actually finishes the the, the comment with okay. was that basically sometimes when, when the opposition, I wouldn't say go gung ho, I think the word he uses is take the game to you. But sometimes right. when the opposition take the game to you, it puts you into a siege mentality, which, you know what, okay. I accept that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. but we
2: started with a siege mentality. That's the right. problem. The problem is not yep. that we were put into a siege mentality because if you watch that game up until the point we got a penalty with our only four a forward, and that was all about Andros Townsend being brave, taking someone on, yes, putting the a ball cost. in the box, yep. uh, and, and a mistake at the back for Brighton. But you know what? That's that's football. You can you can live with that. Right. And after that, we kind of and Roy used to comment we almost we bared our teeth a little bit in the first half, but. What what is he saying with that? You know, I don't I don't really understand what he's saying with that. So going back to the point, what is it that we want? We want a manager that recognises nullifying the opponent, isn't good restricting enough. Our, wrong. Yeah, restricting right. our attacking players to defensive roles more often than not, and asking them to produce a bit of magic in five or ten minutes of attacking play if we have to chase a game. Starting right. games like that carry on with games like that, that is no longer good enough and that is no longer acceptable with what we have.
0: If I can just play devil's advocate down Roy Hodgson Lane somewhere in Wiltshire, um, he did say in his interview afterwards, well, he he said that we we went too much into our shell um, and um, got far too deep, defended without an outlet. So it it could be possible that he has realised that that was too far down uh, the wrong way and he might do something about it next game, maybe, I don't know I, I doubt it but uh, that, that was that was too much for Roy Hodgson the man mm-hmm. who clearly goes as far as he can possibly go with that tactic
3: that was too much for him so that's, yeah, that's uh, just playing devil's advocate And Hambo, you know, you mentioned about the defensive mentality we've been there before, we had Tony Pulis, we had Sam Althais, we've been there before we know what it's like to sit back, we get it can we go forward now? Do you know? It's not like we haven't had yeah. before who've done that. And even those two were more excited to watch than this guy's been.
2: Well, I did. Arguably, as much as I wasn't a massive fan of him, you know, as a person, arguably yeah. Allardyce. Yeah, got, no and no and, no. and Pulis to a point, right. but they both got a balance, right? Didn't they? Yes, you know, absolutely. they were they were, they were Pulis games where we had twenty percent possession. Or got a one 0 win, you know, and those right. were hard to stomach, but they weren't. It wasn't every game, you know. We it and and the thing is, people again, we talk about having good results against the top six away and things like that, but it's the problem is, it's how we we treated Brighton, and I think you said this in the game, we treated Brighton the same way we did Chelsea today. <laughs> How could you possibly do that? Unbelievable, you know. And, and it's bad enough us, us you know, giving giving a clean sheet away to Chelsea, who couldn't keep clean sheets if they were playing in the Championship at the moment. Um, you know, that's and we've let them have that. But I'm going to pick up on, on on a few comments. I don't want to ignore you guys for too long, really. But so some quick fire stuff, so we can catch up. So first thing for you, Mike uh, Bradley Squire saying if Dice goes from Burnley and uh, if they lose, if they lose Monday and he's sacked or something like that, do you think we'll go for him?
0: I, I just don't think that we're going to lose Hodgson because it. Some th- this tactic works sometimes and just <laughs> enough to keep us nicely above the relegation zone. Uh. So it it's irrelevant. There's no there's no point talking about managers because he's not going anywhere. He's not he's not getting the only hope that we can get is that we get. Hodgson gets annoyed with his own tactics to the point where he slightly tweets him. That's the only thing that's going to happen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, Mike, I mean, what, what if the players rebel? And I'm talking about, you know, what if the players decide, you know what? Because they have done that's happened in the past with players who have gone behind the managers back and spoke to the board about how he's playing. What if Wilf and, uh, I don't know, Sacco and, I don't know, Eze go to the board and say, you know, we can play better than this. We have now... The, one of the best goals we've ever had in the Premier League. I don't think anybody can anybody can argue that. And we were trying to add more players to that, and we are still playing as if we have twelve decent players. We have no flair. We have no, it's it's ridiculous for them. We have a very good goalkeeper, solid defense, good midfielders, and we're playing the same we've always played. We finally got we finally signed the striker in Batchway. supposed to give us goals. Hasn't scored a goal yet in five matches. Hasn't really gotten a chance to. But at what point did the players say, you know what, we can't play this anymore? Well, that, I mean.
0: The thing is that he's surrounded himself with enough of his own minions that yeah. um if need be he can go right no wilf i've got benteke. um don't worry about Eze. i i've got mccarthy to come back you know i've got yeah. i've got butlin now um yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I just think he'll, he'll grind it out with even worse performances you're
2: not wrong but he's but he just favors functional players over anything else and now there's a time and a, there's a time and a place for that and you know, we, we, we do reap the benefits of that sometimes in certain games, certainly in certain spells in games in particular, where the functional players will outperform, uh, you know, a talented opponent. And you'll be looking at someone like MacArthur or McCarthy or, uh, you know, Jeffrey Schlupp at times, and you'll be looking at those players and thinking, you know, you know I'm, I'm glad we've got people who are up for the fight on our team. I'm glad we've got people who are, not bothered about being flashy and not throwing themselves to the ground. They're out there playing football, and it, and it works great. But, you know, that that has become fewer and further between. But, uh, look, to, to move on to comments, just to uh, mention Mark Zaz there, uh, basically confirming um, the, the sort of things that we're talking about, although he's described it as Jurassic football, but specifically pointing out the fact it's the not trying to win games and parking the bus that's getting to me. It's getting to all of us, mate, as you can tell. <laughs> really is. But um, Scott Buchanan here, and I'm going to aim this at you, Patrick, because it is something that I know you dislike as much as I do. Uh, it says he will probably keep us up. It's a case of being careful what you wish for.
3: No, 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 no. With all due respect, Scott, I, I am really sick of that last part of that comment. I know where it's aimed at, the whole Charlton thing and etc., but I, I, I'm not having it anymore. We are, we are in the best position we've ever been in. We've got decent ownership. We've got a good squad. We need to push on, and if push on um, doesn't mean relegation, I'm sorry, it just doesn't mean that. We're, you know, the, the the league has changed since. uh Chong got relegated, and and you know, and sat curbishly. I'm not having that. Be careful what you wish for. A great name of a book, by the way. Um, just real quick endorsement. Got a book right here, Mister Jordan's book. So read it a few quite a few times, but no, I'm 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 not having that a- a- attitude. A- a- no, I think that um, that attitude is what is why we're in the position where we are now. That's why, and that's why certain fans just. Just content to just put up with what Hodgson's putting us through. No, no, we've had five managers keep us up. Um, another one can do the same exact thing, but which one is going to push us forward? That's what I want. I want. I, we've had we've had managers keep us up. Parju did it twice. Aldice did it. Pudis did it. Hodgson's done it. We can do better than this. We can do better than this. I'm sorry. And if it's Eddie Howe or whomever, I don't care. I want a manager that's gonna that's not only going to show me that he can play 2020 type Premier League football but can push us on and maybe go for a league cup or, or something like that. We don't have to play this. No, I'm not having that. I'm sorry. I mean, with all due respect, here's what we wish for. It's, it's, besides this book, don't want to hear it. Sorry.
2: I've got to say uh, there's, I mean, I, I did use a, a version of this phrasing earlier on, on Twitter when I was talking with a few people and it's the idea that, you know, the risk averse approach stays risk averse. You know, the idea of being protective of the team and and, and, not not coming too far out of your comfort zone in case you lose matches. Making sure you get just about enough points. That kind of stuff that we're talking about here. And it kind of leads on to something else that Scott was saying about the only stat Roy cares about is the points at the end of the game, and and that Scott agrees with that to an extent. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that is a risk averse approach. That is saying yeah. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna look at the 38 games as a whole, mm. and I'm gonna and I'm never gonna panic when I lose, and I'm never gonna panic when I when we fail to win. I'm gonna just keep keep at this level the whole time. And over the course of the season, we should end up okay. But that is that being that risk averse, not putting, you know, even in games, not taking that risk of putting an extra player forward, taking a defender off for an attacker when you're losing that kind of stuff. If you never do that, you never change anything and it will come back because eventually you would just teams look at what you're doing and, and they, they know that they don't need to worry. It's you if you don't change, other people will know exactly what you're doing and they will change. So, every team that comes, you, you look at how we started the season. I don't think it's any coincidence we won our opening two Premier League games because it only took two Premier League games for people to go, That's Oh, look, they're up. using the 4 4 yep. 2 now. Yep. Oh, look, they're playing counter attack now. And what happened after United game, straight up Everton fouled us every time we tried to counter attack, didn't they? And 100%. then, and, and, and the two games since every Townsend in particular but Zaha uh, Schlupp or Eze whoever, whoever's playing on the left at the time players standing on them when we try and break basically almost every time because they've just seen it the new tactic from just give it to Zaha this year we got another tactic as well as give it to Zaha we got try and try and counter attack oh well, it's <laughs> worth that they take two games Roy you have to come up with a third tactic Anyway, um, I'm being quite facetious, but you know that's how it is. Jumping back to a Dr. Kernaz question, we love a Dr. Kernaz question. Yes. I'm sorry, DR's not with us today. It's this is his channel. This is his, yes. you know, his his game, and he's not even here. He's, he's uh, I
0: mean, to be fair to him, he's at work. So, um, but yeah, uh, close the door now. Said Dr. Kernaz is a genius. Um, <laughs> what you're basically saying there is. You three not kind of for me.
2: Um, <laughs> fair, fair enough. But, but Dr. was basically he said a few things. But he said the big Sam was our um, our best manager since promotion, and I think he's probably right there. Uh, if I'm, it just just wasn't around long enough for me to to feel good good about that. But he is asking the question, and it's got some degree of debate. Um, do
3: you know what? I where, you it was actually? But also because of I can't of believe times. you're saying that. And you, and no, you're and I know, and, but... and I'm the, I'm the biggest hater of the man. But no, you know, I have to, but again six of one half in the whatever. I mean.
2: Well, do saying saying where do you rate Roy? Um, and I know, you probably know what you're about to say, Patrick. So I'm going to ask Mike first. Where do you uh, where do you rate Roy in terms of managers we've ever had at the club?
3: ever or just promote? Just well, that
2: the, the you're aware of, I can't ask you about managers you've never heard of or seen. I was going to say, if you're I mean, going
3: to ask me, I'm going to, all right, never mind, go ahead. I mean, go ahead Mike. It really, it really depends. I,
0: you know, I, I think two years ago, this would be uh, this kind of steady the ship approach would be exactly what was needed. But right now, I, I just think our squad's too good for it. And it, he's a great manager with a less good squad, but you know, we've signed some good players, and there's just there's no need for this now. Uh, football's meant to be entertainment, so yeah. Um, somebody just said, Dale Martin. Yes, football's a business, but it's also entertainment. In brackets, allegedly, it's not. And I mean, we're not going to get new kids being Palace fans if the time they get to watch on TV we play like that. I mean. I, I Honestly, we just went down in another five years. <laughs> <I laughs> um, of
2: do, I do feel that way, I have to say. And, and it's not an easy thing to say, but, you know, I, and I hate it because I know it's to a degree it's nostalgia and it's it's yeah, also I'm, nostalgia for a time in my life. We but...
0: sound like West Ham fans moaning, yeah. but it, it's fine. It's great. He's getting enough points. But at the same time, do, do you know you can have somebody that's like really anti-COVID and they stay inside and never take any risks? And then their life is boring as hell. You know, I'd, I'd rather the odd risk was taken and the odd trip to the pub, just so my life isn't soul destroyingly, soul crushingly dull. Um, and this yeah. is the football interpretation of somebody that didn't need to stay at home shielding, but has
3: done for seven months. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, great and great analogy. Brilliant.
2: Mm, there we go. Um, you know what? I the, want
3: to get to the end of a Karnas's question. Better than Coppola's sure. too high. Is he, seriously? Is 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 Dr. Okay today? Better than Coppola or too high. That is so be blasphemous. I couldn't even...
2: To be fair, he's, tr- he's trying to get get a reaction from you because he doesn't Wait, remember. Wait, he got one. Does so, he?
3: Yeah, well, <laughs> as far as that matches I've seen, Coppola's by far and away the best man we've ever had. I think I would probably go with Terry Venables, would be second. I wouldn't put Hodgson anywhere near the top... Eight. I'd have Pudis ahead of him. i have Adoles ahead of him. i I put Burr ahead, or first match I ever saw in Palace, ahead of him. I might even put Steve Kembra ahead of him. <laughs> so I put Dougie ahead of him and I'm not even, I will put Dougie ahead of, of, of Roy Hodgson. So are we, where are we now? Eight. I mean, He's, I he's just below like
0: Steve Bruce for me.
3: Um, I like, <laughs> Bruce for that short time was great. I love, I love Holloway. Sorry. I love Ollie. I know he didn't work in the Premier League. So where are we, Nine now. He's not even in the top 10 DR. So you want to be funny about Steve Coppola higher. How about Steve Coppola a lot, lot lower? How's that sound?
2: Um, Patrick, what was Edmund Goodman like?
3: Yeah, I've never had a joke yet before. First man that, t- that won the uh, title with no, <laughs> in like Division 3 South. He was pretty he good at it. Yeah, he
2: was. Can, he was excellent. I was just, just wondering what he was like. Should can I, I, can uh, I use
0: Cliff like, Perry's comment here as, as a launch? can.
2: We were crying
0: out for an earlier intro for Ben Teke as we couldn't hold on to the ball.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. Uh, to me... I, I just don't think that any one player was going to be the solution today um, because of the way we were playing. I, I, I really think we could have brought anyone on and no one person was going to save stuff. Zahar could not. I mean, we, I think we talked... We, he hadn't touched the ball in about the first 20 minutes of the second half. I, I just don't think Benteke would... There was no outlet ball because nobody was even pinging a ball that was anywhere near anyone. You know, that uh, our actual pass ratio of of passes that actually reach their man were rubbish they were 69% I mean, that is so uh, one in three balls didn't hit their man. That's pathetic. And I really don't think Benteke would have done anything to help that along. But, but your thoughts? So
3: my, yeah, I will say is that um, based on the comment by Gyro about playing the long ball, and I remember towards the end of the match, remember we uh, Chris made the comment, or a couple of balls played to Wilf. We're like, why, why are we playing the ball long to Wilf? are never going to win that ball. If, he, if we were playing a tactic that would have probably suited Be, um, Benteke more than Batch White or Wilf, mm. I'd have taken yeah. Wilf off and put left Batch on because Wilf was. Beyond frustrated in that game. Beyond frustrated second half. He didn't touch the ball. You saw him arguing towards the end with with uh, Tariq, Tariq Lamptey. He was totally frustrated getting involved in stuff he shouldn't have got involved in. I mean, to me, bringing him, him on for Wolf on because, again, we were playing long balls to nobody with no plan. So who better to do something like that than Benteke, poor Benteke, right? <laughs>
2: Yep, absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah, I, I can't really add anything to that. You pretty much said what I was going to say, Patrick. I do want to jump back up. I'm going to steam through a few comments because some of them are just uh, observations and of things that we've covered. But I did want to pick out what fake Italian said a little while ago. He said, failing to get Saar is a big mistake. Uh, you could easily see Brighton getting their goal. And Roy has no clue about having a plan B. We have decent players, but he plays poor football. And I think, you know, the comment on Saar is a big one. I, I don't think Given the way that we went about it, that we realistically thought we were going to get him, I think it right. was a, I think it was a case of chucking a bid in, seeing what happens, but not really expecting much. But I, I definitely think he would have been a much better choice than than Ben Rama, and I think he had more more chance of actually playing um, because he's a very good player, and also he's on the he plays on the right hand side where we where we do need some competition uh, for places. But having said that. It kind of suits the old system more than the new one but yeah you know, I, you know, I do think you know but but we, we you know i hope i hope we'll do something in january but um but i think that the point on plan b there is is absolutely right so i have
3: a comment because i saw i'm sorry i can't give the person credit there was a comment in this, in, in there about why would players want to come play for palace and i want to just touch on that if you get you guys opinion now we failed to get ben rama we failed to get Saab, but the truth of the matter is do you think, one, Roy even wanted those two players? And, two, why would they want to come and play for Palace? Let's look at players that of the similar ilk that have come to Palace. You've got Eze, you've got Batshuayi. Batshuayi did have a great uh, f- uh, loan spell the first time. Right now he is struggling to just, just to, to to contribute more. Eze, we know he's going to take a while to bet in. Max Meyer wasn't um, Roy's player but was here, doesn't play. I'm sorry if you could just – the player we got last year from Cardiff who never played – for some reason, I don't know why. All of a sudden, I forgot his name. He didn't play at all, and I and I, Camber, help me out. You,
2: you've caused me to have a problem as well, right? Really
3: Mike um, begins Camerasa. with,
0: begins Camerasa. with Camerasa. Camerasa. Yeah. Camerasa.
3: Yeah. never, never played, never. We don't. We all don't know. We, we believe it was some incident that happened on the training ground. Never played. Why would someone of of any flair of any ilk want to come play for Palace right now? I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want mm. to. And the players we do have, like Wilf know uh, he's played great and scored goals, looked frustrated a lot of the time. Eze Townsend, but I give him credit done really well. I just I just don't see why a player of any of any player would ever come play for us right now.
2: Well, um also in the chat, uh, Dave Newman has, has got the debate raging on who do the people want if Roy goes. And look, we've we've talked about Dice a little bit here. In the past, I've gone on record as saying that um I quite I quite an admirer of Daniel Farka uh, Farker at Norwich. I think he's hey, uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, what what Patrick coughed—that's <laughs> what we all expect. We all expect it uh, to be a fairly planned transition, if you like. That—that's what you'd expect. Uh, How's currently taking a break from football? Roy is coming towards the end of his managerial career. We've wanted He's to take a break too. But we're taking a
3: break right now too, apparently.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> seems that way. Uh, but but you know, basically, you know, logic almost aligns the stars in that one. And I'm not a big fan of Hal, but I am a big fan. Of anyone but Roy right now, and um, I, I, I'm sorry to say that. And I'd prob- I probably don't mean it as badly as it sounds, but I, I just don't know anymore. Um, and I think Neil is articulating that well, qu- quite well actually. Neil Dula Dulake Dulake Dulake, I don't know, whatever, however you pronounce it. Sorry, Neil, for mangling your last name. Uh, but he said, I respect Roy as a person and as a manager, but enough is enough of this before it's too late please parish get eddie howe in now uh, i do want to address we still talked about andrew bullock's comment around hodgson being conservative and stable uh, which is not We to talk about that and he said comfortably picking up points so we are safe and what i'm going to just add to that the certainty of the so we are safe and it's i'm going to paraphrase a, a well a, a relatively well-known saying by just basically saying we're safe until we're not all right that's the bottom line at some point you'll be saying we are safe as we get relegated. Um, And that could be this season. You know, we think we've started well. We think we've had a tough run of games. Those things are probably true. But if you kind of just look that little bit broader, look at the 2020 statistics and how we've performed, what, what is the trend? What does that look like? The trend tells you everything about where we're heading right now. And we've got to change as soon as we can. Uh, Colin Squires interestingly is saying that uh, if Pardew had known how to close a game out instead of going for it um, uh, would hang on, instead of keep going for it would be the right way, I'm confused, that was his problem, I know what you're saying though Colin, yeah, if he knew how to actually do that point of shutting up shop then um, you're right I
0: I mean Pardew knew how to close a deal just not necessarily
2: on the football pitch (laughs) Edit point uh, we're live, we can't edit that. And, uh, Sorry. View, view, can I just uh, just quick disclaimer the views of Mike Scott are entirely those of Mike Scott and not of back of the nest or any of the associated people. Um brackets, please sue Mike Scott. Um but no, um, <laughs> I, I do I do think there's a valid point in there and Swansea springs to mind, you know. Um, but one of the most traumatic experiences of our lives, I think that's uh, that 5-4. Um Anyway, so quite a lot going on there. You've covered Dale Martin's, and we're uh, we're steaming through to some other comments here. Luke quite rightly saying, I think we're setting up for the next manager, and I think we've basically said to you that we think we are as well. Uh, Neil's talking a little bit disparagingly about Eddie Howe, and I completely understand why. <laughs> he quite a, quite a good amount of money with Bournemouth, but I think the, the spell the spell of um, that Eddie Howe had that I actually like was the one that he had in getting Bournemouth promoted.
1: I think once we got them
2: promoted, it's a very different... You think about that club when they came up, the the size of the ground, the the players that they had. You you know, it's a a tough ask and it's very easy to forget that, you know, they're they're a little bit like Wigan who stayed in the Premier League for as long as they could, way beyond what they ever should and, and and have kind of dropped out now. You're probably seeing that a little bit with Bournemouth. And it was only the fact that somebody turned up with a bit of money that kept them there as long as it did. So I, I think we, we're in danger just because Eddie Howe looks like a Thunderbird puppet. We're in danger of being a little bit disrespectful to his creepy style of management. And um...
3: <laughs> and, and just to be clear, I'm not sure I'm a huge um, Eddie Howe fan but it's perspective and if you want to compare him to Hodson at this point I'll basically take I'll take basically anybody and that's how bad it's gone. and I hate being like that I'd rather have a real plan like your Daniel Farker one is a really good one people would say he's not a good manager because of the getting relegated but Norwich actually did a great job in getting promoted and in staying up and and in uh, you know how they played at time last year I mean some of the games that they played and there was not a very talented squad I mean you've seen some of the players now in retrospect have gone to top clubs the defenders have all gotten sold. Brendia was was uh, was um, supposed to be going to Real Madrid or Barcelona. So they you now they've got a talented, talented uh team, but I think he is a good manager. But he'd never get a palace job because people say, Oh, well, he got Norwich relegated, but then so did Eddie Howe. So again, I just want somebody you know, somebody who's not named <laughs> where you're at this point. Well, we, we all better work on our Daniel Farker impression. <laughs> Mar- That's Mar- good. Mar-
0: That's Mar- good. Can I put a quick question to you before Easy. I have to put my little girl to bed? Do you agree that Gyro should be starting every game? And controversially, was the signing of him an indication that given time DeBoer De could have done a good job? <laughs> no, I'm leaving that <laughs> there. No,
3: for the first bit. Um, do you agree that Gyro should be starting every game? Yes. Oh um, yeah, really, okay. really Go
2: on, Patrick.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, watch how he was today? He's at bit of calmness you need in the center of the pitch and you there's someone to pick out a pass and just calm the play down i mean if, even today like i said the few times that he got on the ball i felt comfortable and when he didn't have it it was like it was it was all over the place you know we're trying to get the ball forward you know route one football and when he had the ball it was more you know i'll pass sideways i'll look forward i'll look, I'll look back wherever it was calm the same way again like as they play we need more players like that and less players who just want to get rid of the ball and who are afraid to do that and i think that yeah jaro should play every single match for. i'm concerned
2: there we go. Um, I'm going to have to skip some comments. Uh, one quick mention of the fact that because uh, you've got a fantastic name, Ruben Dario Lazalde Adumi. Wow, I, I did well with the first two. Um, so, apologies for for mangling two of your four names. But four names is quite greedy. Anyway, um, he says so I'm done with Roy and his defensive tactics since last season. We need a new manager, young with new ideas. A team with more balance, with Eze and Mayer in the first team, and I just thought that was an interesting comment given the, wow. one of the conversations we had in the uh, in the watch along in the Brighton game today, guys. And that was talking about the facts that Max Mayer wasn't in the squad, and um, and, and I just repeat what I said there, really. And that's that the the reason Max has not ever played under Roy Hodgson in any sustained way is because we don't play a system under Roy, neither our four three three slash four five one or this four four two that max mayer suits you know there is that there is a role for max mayer at a team that plays a different way um that will allow him to you know float about the pitch and and make play wherever he seems wherever he kind of sees fit almost a free central role but you know you'd need a central midfield three of that and you'd need not to want them to all be defensive midfielders and unfortunately we don't have that and and similarly in the switch to 442 he could you could use him in the essay role but it's not where he's at his best You could use him centrally but it's not where he's at his best in a two uh, or you could stick him out on the right but you know he's, he's not an out and out right winger either so where, where does he play can't play up top can't play just behind a striker there's no real role for him so it doesn't even matter if you're one of those people who thinks max mayer is a great player with who hasn't had an opportunity or you think he's a hugely overrated player who's basically the same player as johnny williams but with a more exotic name and then you know it doesn't matter with either of those because there's just still not a place for him in in the squad now, i have to think it's a shame but uh, if there is a system where you could get you know Eze and Mayer in the same team and you know that that's two players really comfortable on the... um You need to just zoom out a little bit, Patrick. Uh, bring it back towards you. There you go. There you go. Good stuff. you
0: know what worries me about that that little speech there, Hambo? Thanks. That makes me think that Ezo is going to have exactly the same problem and we're not going to see him until Hodgson bugs off.
3: Mike, thank you. Thank you. You read my mind. It's exactly what I'm thinking. And again, Max Meyer... I love the John Yester comment about exotic name, by the way. It's brilliant. I, I, I am a fan, but it's not because I've seen him play a million times and I think he's a great player. I just think that if you've got a player like him, who I think he's technically gifted, you find a way to get him in the lineup that works for you. Good managers, that's what they do. They find a way to get the best out of the best players. Look, what, look how long it took, took this man now to figure out how well Wolf Zaha plays. It took him three seasons. Where's Wolf playing now? Where he played two seasons ago? No, he moving up top because it makes more sense to get Wolf up top, right? You know, he's got like four or five goals. He he sees it in Wolf but doesn't see it in Maya. He doesn't see it in Camarasa and he won't see it in Eze. That's the problem I have. If you're a manager, you have to manage the players that you have. Stop the functionality with the CDM and the central defensive midfielder mentality and be a little bit more expansive. If it doesn't work, I'll be the first one to say, you know what? You lost five, four to Fulham. You know, what is he doing? Blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't even try to get players like Maya into the mix and it really frustrated that's why again i'll go back to it again i'm glad we don't we don't sign players like ben rama and Saka. they weren't going to play anyway you see them on the bench or not in the slot in the squad would have gotten me so frustrated would have gotten parish frustrated would have gotten dougie frustrated it was it's ridiculous so again i just i wish we might play more but again not because i think he's a great player just i i think that roy is just so set in his ways he won't do anything different
2: no, no, I mean, there's a, a question in from Jay. We were talking about Eddie Howe earlier on. And he said, does Eddie Howe play attacking football? Now, not to answer that question, really, but I think it's worth mentioning that we're not saying, you know, the, the opposite of what Roy's doing doesn't necessarily mean everyone's saying, let's play attacking football. Right. You know, that's And this is a problem with a lot of the arguments on this. Like, Probably. for example, you know, let's let's say right now, you know, we're we're currently laying into Roy Hodgson a little bit. Right. Uh, more than a little bit, right? But that doesn't mean to say, for example, personally, it doesn't mean to say I don't respect Roy Hodgson and I don't think he's a good manager for the right club and the right situation. And I don't think 45 years in management shows that, in fact, when you look at managers in general, he's been exceptional over his career. He, you know, he'll probably go down as one of the best because because of that longevity, because of the variation he's had in his career. He's obviously a good manager, but that doesn't mean that what he's doing now is right for us and our squad. And ultimately, it is just an opinion, as it is with any of us, right? So when someone says, "You know, does Eddie Hale play attacking football, I do think you have to be careful in saying that no one has said, well, I want Crystal Palace to play attacking football. It's nice. The idea that it is nice, isn't it, to think, We're going to dominate possession and attack and score loads of goals, and the opposition won't score any because ultimately that's the perfect thing, isn't it? That's football perfect. But what we're actually saying is there's got to be a trade off, isn't there, between attack and defence? And right now, we have a manager whose faith in the squad, no matter who seems to be in it, seems to be based around stopping opposition playing, negating negating everybody first and foremost and then seeing if you can win the game and you know i we're just saying that that attitude now after four years it just seems like it's no longer the way to go now if you're happy with that personally right now you're you can sit there and say no nope, i want i want another i, want, I, re, I hope roy never retires and i want us to play like this every week that's fine that's great right. I, I mean i don't understand <laughs> but but fine so be it so don't don't think because you don't want one thing, you immediately want the opposite. We're not arguing that now. We're arguing for a change for something different, uh, but it has to be better, you know. And, and at some point, you know, there's a risk involved in whoever you appoint, whether it's Eddie Howe or whoever, it's still a risk that they might not do as well as, as Roy was doing.
3: And Hambo, the question about attacking football is interesting. What kind of style is Jose Marino known for? Defensive football, correct? But now he's got yeah. Gareth Bell, Sun Young Min, um, uh, uh Harry Kane uh, Lamella Lo Celso Ali and look at him today he's up 3-0 in the game that's not Jose football oh yeah they got, got they got pegged back to 3-3 but my point is he's an offensive manager he's always been that way but he ha- he now has Bergwijn he's got extremely attacking players he's going to have changed his style it may not work for today's match but I bet over time it does so you adjust so you're absolutely right you don't have to go from one extreme to the other but again Roy Hodgson and again respecting the man and liking him are two different things. I respect what he's done, but I just feel like his sell-by day is well gone. He is well past... Manchester. his age, are not around anymore. Ferguson's gone. Wenger's gone. You know, you've got a lot of a lot younger managers in football now. The game has changed. He needs to change. He's not willing to do it. That's fine. Just move on. That's what I'm asking for. I'm not asking... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to denigrate the man. He obviously is a tremendously, his, his CV is ridiculously long and great. But at this point, I just think for Palace, he's not the right manager anymore. I just think that the manager for him is just, it just passed him by.
0: I think there's a good question here from Ronjil73. Um, and I realise I'll skipped someone. go back to him. Do you think the front players enjoy playing for Roy? Well, I don't see how they can. You know, it's, it's, it's absolutely destroying their stats for a start. You know they're feeding on scraps. You could see how angry Zahar was. You could, you got the impression from um, Hodgson's post-match interview that he wasn't impressed with Zahar, who I, I really don't see what the hell he could do. Um, you know, my worry is that these players are going to be deeply unhappy by the time we get a new manager, and it might not be repairable. That's that's the main thing that, that worries me. Uh, a couple yeah. of comments. Just sorry, just a couple of comments on Max before you get into that. Max really hasn't taken his opportunity, and he's too small for the Premier League as well.
2: I think some of that. I don't think that. I mean, if you think about, you know, David Silva was wasn't too small for the Premier League, was he? So, uh, yeah, and definitely he's too small also weight as well. Yeah, but but I, but I understand, you know, physicality was definitely an issue for our our management team, if you like. So, uh, but I, and I also get that, and I also think there's some truth in him not taking his opportunity. I just think ultimately. Um, even he, he did have a run of games i think playing sort of left side of central midfield for a while and you kind of thought that would be it but um other than a i think he had a couple of nice finishes here and there not really done it so i think that's fair but it's it's hard to um you know for any player to come in and, and, and play in a few games here and there and you know build up that rhythm and 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 you know keep that keep that place some do some don't um, I think you know, Mark Zaz was talking about Roy saying that he can't see him getting getting sacked, particularly with Corona. And Parish. will see him as a, as a safe pair of hands. He's a, again, he's a safe pair of hands until he isn't, isn't he? Uh, you know, if if in ten games time we're uh, we're still averaging around this number of points per game, um, you know, the the table might look a little bit more threatening than it currently does. So we'll see. We see to try and judge things after ten games in a season. So We'll see where we end up. You know, we've got we've got a run of games where you look at it, and on paper, we should be getting some points. Uh, not if we surrender possession and and don't attack and don't create any goal scoring opportunities. We won't. But you know, I, th- I think we'll lo- we'll know a lot more about how this season is going to go in the next five five or ten games. I think. Um, Jay saying play as a in in, uh, in cam as it's often referred to as sort of central, uh, I well central attacking midfield in behind the striker Patrick. We love that, don't we? Yeah, but, sure. um, but yeah, we don't play that way. So you know, no. that is never going to happen. Way, never going to happen. Uh, which is which is a shame because he's definitely as QPR fans have repeatedly said and we've talked about a lot. That is definitely his best position. I do want to take this absolute hospital pass of a question from Edmund Brack. Uh, and ask you both this who plays a better brand of football Peter Taylor or Roy Hodgson? Oh my gosh. Mike. Oh, that's,
0: that's tough, isn't it? Um I mean they're both the absolute champagne of football. Uh and it's 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 exactly why you want to fork out six hundred quid for a season ticket. Um yeah I mean I'd peel this into that mix as well. It, it's it's exactly why we became Palace fans, yeah. Um you know, I, I I always think probably erroneously that um, Palace when you talk about Palace's DNA, which I know is a load of shit, but um, you know, flair counter attacking football, forty percent possession, beat them on the break. Um, we're so close to that. We just don't have the break. You know, the forty percent possession, we're fine with. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, I, I, how it's much tough.
2: We, we have? We average thirty three percent now. Come on, mate. Sorry, sorry.
3: sorry. <laughs> do, you, do you know what? You know? Um, that's a. Like, great i mean i'm not going to answer it seriously because it's, it's not a serious question for me but i i have totally in my mind wiped out Pete Taylor's managerial record at palace because <laughs> i saw him as a player and peter as a player was one of the best players they ever put on the palace shirt, and it wasn't even close so i only met peter as a player so i refused to remember him as a manager because it would totally messed up my memories of that man really i
0: mean oh. i to be honest I, I Roy is my choice out of those two <laughs> yeah, probably too yeah
2: who, Who's whose interview was it recently where they talked about what what happened with the players under Taylor? Oh, that's going to bug me. I've read it recently. It was in, I think it was in the uh, club magazine, that ninety plus seven magazine. Who was it? Leon anyway, Court. whoever. Yes, it was Leon Court. You're absolutely yeah, bang on.
3: Talking about his his uh, brother, yeah, Leo yeah, King, he, yeah,
2: he was saying basically what happened with Peter Taylor was that the players really turned on him very, very quickly. Because yep. if you remember the first couple of games, we were decent and then it just all fell apart. And it looked like we were the most bored. I'll tell you now because Hodgson was, it, it, Hodgson's football is better than Peter Taylor's it because, is. because the, the the football under Taylor actually made me contemplate things. I don't want to talk about. I just, <laughs> just literally, you know, you'd have, you'd have, you'd have rather have knitting than watching football. It was that bad. It, there were times, there was a game we, we played against, um, I think it was Wimbledon or something like that. I went went, to, went with a mate who's a, I think he's a United fan, uh, the one who went with me that day. And uh, anyway, and we just basically watched Palace pass the ball up and down the wings and just do nothing all game. Oh, yeah. And I just, I didn't have, I couldn't even think. It It almost killed me. My brain had almost shut down entirely. So I, I can't say Hodgson's ever done that. Um, but Leon Court was talking about the fact that- Give it time, I, give it time, Hambo. Yeah, time. maybe one more season. Maybe about oh, it, no. the... <laughs> one more season. you're gonna kill
3: but me.
2: Behind it, uh, behind the scenes, um, Court was saying that basically the senior players, and he was suggesting it was the likes of I think Friedman, yes. I don't know if it was Popovich at the time, but certainly Dougie and, and Dougie, the more yeah. senior pros. Um, and I think he was talking about was it maybe Hudson and McCarthy or someone like that, basically whoever the center backs were at the time. Um, and he was saying that. They really turned on Taylor, and, and basically, the team as a result stopped respecting him. He said at half time, they used to say things to him like, Oh, you, you know, you're gonna get sacked in the morning anyway, what's the point of listening to you? That's at half time. Can you imagine that? Imagine at half time, your player, your, your manager comes in and says, Guys, that wasn't good enough, I need you to shape up on it. The players going, Why why should we listen to you? You're not even gonna be here Monday, you know. But in, fairness,
3: you know in this book. He wasn't a big fan of his. Jordan was not a Taylor fan either. No. he was a fan as a player, not the manager. So that that stuff on top of him not being a fan, he was never going to last as a manager because Jordan did yeah. not like being Taylor at all. So,
2: but anyway, it's a bit of a digression and probably a welcome one from all the pain. Um, <laughs> yeah, the but uh, we've got a few other questions sitting in there, and um, I think you know Gary Milton was talking about the fact that there's got to be a happy medium, great in the back and good going forward. That's the dream, Gary uh absolutely right uh, neil again saying in the current situation would you pay 15 quid to watch us play uh no <laughs> um, there's got to be better ways of um and, and you know cheaper ways and potentially free ways of doing that hey eh? um bad to eight boxing saying how would you set palace out for their next game I, I don't have a problem with the system i have a problem with the mentality and you know i don't see even too much with, with wrong with what the the squad that in fact the, the lineup the first 11 that, that Roy picked. There's just got to be something different about how we approach the game, the, our, our plan of action, how far forward the players are, what do we do when we when when the when the team is starting to drop deep because they're under pressure? How do we adjust? You know, and a little bit of tactical flexibility. That's what we'd like to see him. There was a time in that where we sort of asked the question: Oh, have we gone three in midfield? And we thought we had for about two minutes until we realised it was Roy Hudson and we hadn't. Um, we did like right at the very end with substitutions, you know, m- making a difference. We did, but. It's just the, the kind of lack of action. I think it's more a case of, of you know, you'd like to see a plan appropriate to the opposition. And, and, you know, it's Fulham up next, isn't it? And if we let Fulham have the ball and try to hit them on the counter and don't do anything different and end up losing, then really what do we say to that? So, so fingers crossed we don't see that.
0: Well, I mean, I, to, what I could say is that a loss to Fulham might be one of the few situations where you might get your wish, Um because the because the the tide against Hudson would be obscene if we got outplayed by uh, a team destined to go down in twentieth place.
2: Really, um, it's interesting. Uh, oh,
3: no, I, I I think if this were a situation where it's an away match anyway, but if we, if we had the fans in the stadium, and I remember, on, I'll never forget it, the way that the fans turned on on Holloway and we knew that the next match he was not going to be there i think the fans were in the stadium and could and could and could you know voice there displeasure i think there'll be a chance but i am with i'm with mike i don't think uh, until january when something may happen because of a certain image may be available i don't think it's gonna happen until january so we're talking about three months of this i don't see it happening prior to that unless he decides to put an interim like put bring Dougie down and have Dougie you know run this side until january i don't think Hodgson unless and hudson will not walk away he will not walk away from this because that's not in his dna so i don't think there'll be a change but again okay, here's hoping Indeed.
2: Look, we're going to obviously have to bring this to a close relatively soon. Uh, We've got a few more comments to get to first. Obviously, thank you to everyone who's contributed. No matter what you said, no matter what view you put across, always welcome to hear it and and everything's been read and considered as we go. Um, So, Will has has asked a very interesting question and something we have debated a little bit before in the podcasts. um, And he's saying, do you blame Benteke for his form or Hodgson? He's saying that he blames Hodgson. And um, he said, if we play to his strengths, we'd have a 10 to 15-goal striker. Uh, I think it's a really interesting point. You know, I'll I'll answer my little bit first, then let uh, Patrick and Mike jump in. I think it, I think it's no coincidence that when we bought him, he scored seventeen goals because we played in a way that suited him. Um, I think you can't fully blame Roy Hodgson because you know the player has a as a responsibility as well and he has lost form he has lost confidence but he's also been wasteful of certain chances but i think what what happened is he got knocked out of any kind of a rhythm in terms of, of playing games regularly getting chances created from regularly and the problem is if you don't know where your chances are coming from so for example with beke okay, we all know get crosses into the box but if you don't know when the, when the player is going to cross or when he's going to cut back or when he's going to take that you know extra touch or whatever if you're not playing on instinct anymore you just you know it, it just becomes impossible uh and I, and I really think for his own good he should have got out of the club a little while ago if, if he could have gone anywhere but you know look at the stats but you know before he before he played under roy hodgson he was he was scoring goals pretty much everywhere he went and if you look at other strikers under roy certainly as, as palace manager who's who scored big numbers of goals you know nobody and you could argue we've just not had we've not had you know good enough strikers I suppose that's one one argument you might take but you know for me I, I don't think it and I think Scott's just said the same thing at the bottom there Scott Buchanan it doesn't seem to matter who we're talking about up front it, it seems that we struggle struggled to score goals no matter who's up there
0: I mean I'd say that his conversion ratio is really low um, especially with um, shots rather than headers um, certainly, I mean, I you know, he only scored nine last season, but um, it, he, he stayed in the side because Ben was just getting the chances and not putting them away. He definitely scored more in a different system. Um, you know, if he was still under Allardyce, he'd be getting a lot more headers, which he does put away. But um, it's a man bereft of confidence, so it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Um, but he's missed. A lot of shots in the last couple of years, so to me, it's 75 percent Teco, 25 percent Um,
2: in the interest of time, we'll we'll, we'll leave that there. Um, in, in in terms of that question, we've got uh, Jay. Uh, um, I'll go back to Scott's question around Fulham to, to end with, but Jay saying, Do you think the longer that Roy stays, the more damaging to the squad, it is, and harder for the next manager? Uh, Patrick, I mean, I think there's some truth in that How about you, yeah. I- i hadn't even
3: thought about that um the detriment it could have but i agree i mean i've watched a lot of Eze um uh interviews and one of the things he talked about is when he first um was released to one of his earlier releases he had, you know got to qpr i think it's andy MP the one that kind of took him under his wing and kind of gave him confidence back and i think that my fear is that Eze, if he doesn't play and or loses you know his confidence the next man's gonna have a very difficult time uh not only just getting him to play, but just getting his confidence up. So had, I had not thought about that, Jay. I think that's a great point. I think Wolf's pretty resilient. Wolf can kind of, Wolves been through a ton of managers that can deal with it. But I worry with someone like Eze, who may or may not, maybe even a younger player. Let's say like a Scott Banks, not even given, may not even given a chance under Hodgson. Tariq Mitchell, you know, probably. I think that's a really good point. I think that the longer he stays and under this type of rigid, boring system, certain certain types of players, Gyro, for instance, might may, may suffer suffer under him. So
2: good point. Okay, um, there's been obviously the, um, the the questions around who we'd like to see as the next manager. I've said uh, Daniel Farker myself. Uh, there's a suggestion there from Oliver Scott of David Wagner, which is an interesting one. I know at one stage I do believe um, he was he was liked by, by people at the club. Uh, certainly an interesting manager. Uh, did an extremely, extremely good job at Huddersfield and actually felt a little bit sorry for him when it went wrong there because I don't think it was anything to do with him. It was just I think it was a club that was overstretched and unable to compete in the premier League I don't think they've they've benefited from getting rid of him uh, i've forgotten where he's gone on now but you know I think he's a he's a decent manager and, and maybe deserves another crack at the Premier League um sorry there's more questions coming in I'm getting confused uh where was that one that I wanted to, to actually read out uh there you go from scott said, so, we would love to know how many uh, how many will pay to watch us against Fulham how can we get the figures? I don't think anyone's going to be releasing the pay per view figures uh, easily for the for the Fulham game. But I, you know, it's funny people do tend to part with their cash um, to to watch their teams. Uh, you'd hope that movement suggesting people don't um, gain some ground because I don't think the problem is paying as necessarily a pay per view. I think it's the sum of money.
0: Yeah, it's got it's got to be a fiver, hasn't it? Um, and can we can we, uh, providing you two haven't looked on WhoScored.com, tell me who you think WhoScored.com made the man of the match? Both of you?
2: Um, is, is it the, as in the Palace man of the match, or the, no, whole, the
0: whole the whole the whole te- the whole game? 20, 20 old people. Um,
3: my guess would be um, Tariq Lamptey. Ambo?
2: I am going to go with
3: <laughs> Lewis
0: Dunk.
2: James <laughs> McArthur.
0: Well, no, amazingly, Lewis Dunk got 5.7 despite the fact he got sent off. Exactly. Player of the game, according to whoscored.com, who we use heavily on this pod, Jeffrey Schlup with a seven and a half. Oh, um, really? And, and um, the ratings, the average ratings for, the, for both teams are almost identical. So, I don't know what's happened there because they had 20 shots and we had one. Um, but the only, only the only other thing i wanted to mention was we haven't mentioned our sponsor pitch sports today
2: oh there you go pitch sport football google the words pitch sport football download their app get involved that's a it's a great reminder i'm just about to go on there and rate the manager and players for the uh, for the last game wonder how well they'll do there um but you also get to do your predictions as well and all that kind of stuff a um, couple of other late suggestions for managers uh, Rafa Benitez from Tony Holt would love
3: oh, it. Oh, wow, yeah. brilliant!
2: And, uh, and uh, Neil Neil yeah. Delake. Oh, I, I don't. I still don't know. I got it right, Neil. But thank you for for understanding. Um, he suggested Mike Bassett, the fictional England manager. Um, which... I'm watching
3: that by the way on YouTube. I mean on uh, yes. uh, Netflix. Pretty funny. Peter <laughs> David
0: Wagner was sacked by Schürrle after a terrible run yeah. of form. So, yeah, yeah.
2: Good, good update.
0: Um, so he's available. Just... Just for uh thank you to the people that are not listening live as well uh, we t- we've tried a live pod today uh just because uh, we're all a little bit angry so if you're listening back on the podcast, thank you.
2: yeah yeah definitely worth um thanking but yeah in particular those of you that have joined us live and and, and helped us actually put together this show without us having to write anything hugely appreciated uh, something a little different don't think we'll we'll necessarily do all of our review shows like this but there'll be plenty more content on this channel. Uh, most of it by Dr. Obviously, because he loves it. Um, but uh, make sure you, you're liking and subscribing <laughs> if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to our podcast and all your chosen podcast apps. Rate and review, please. Five stars. I don't care if you like it or not. Just give us five stars. I just want five stars. Um, uh, but yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for Mikey for lurking in the background and producing. To Patrick, Mike, um, and and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I, I don't. I don't really want to thank him, but. Um, fire Joel Ward. Yeah, yeah. Via Joel Ward. Yeah. Cheers, guys. See you later.
0: Back of the Nest Review Show, sponsored by Pitch Sport.
2: Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.